the Leadership Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bible Leadership Podcast. This is Pastor Mark Carter. The mission of Bible Leadership is to bring you Bible-centric leadership coaching that will foster greater confidence, improve your leadership instincts, and keep you leading from a heart that is connected to Jesus. Today, we're talking about three steps to better decision-making. As I first got into serving God years ago, my team and I were so excited to be doing ministry at all that we just tried to do all the ministry we could. What we didn't know was that you only have so much money, relational credit, and energy. We weren't discriminating enough with what we would try and ended up spending more time on projects of less importance or no importance instead of the projects that would have had the larger positive impact. When ministry is unending but all the time, money, and people are finite, how do we choose what we should be giving our team's energies to and what we shouldn't? That's the topic of today's Talk. Today's episode is special because it's actually the reverse of the usual. My friend Chris Rivers, who hosts an excellent podcast of his own, was interviewing me for his podcast, Culture Bus Tools. Chris creates tools for churches. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of my church. He's super creative. And in fact, he designed a special tool to go along with this episode. Be sure to check that out at BibleLeadership.com. You should know that this is actually him interviewing me for his podcast. I'm going to interview him for an upcoming episode of the Bible Leadership Podcast very soon. The front end of this talk is about the Fierce Code. This is the value statements of the church I lead and the process we went through with Chris to land on these. Then we talk about a way of approaching decision-making that my staff and I have developed over the years. Now, here are the three steps of the decision-making process that we are going to pull apart. Number one, try a lot of stuff and keep what works. Number two, develop big, hairy, audacious goals. And number three, execute bullets before cannonballs. Now, many of you will recognize these are actually principles from Jim Collins' books, Good to Great, Great by Choice, and I think maybe uh, Built to Last. But we've kind of retooled them for our own ministry purposes, and we'll pull apart what that means. Stick around for the end because we're giving away three Google Home Minis, and you'll need to know what to do. And as always, wait for the very end for a bonus leadership tip for the true fans of the podcast. Here's Chris's interview with me, a team approach to making better decisions. Let's get after it. Years ago now, uh, we actually reached out to Chris to see if he could help us with some culture stuff. And honestly, it's, Chris, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but it's hard for me to overstate what a significant impact you had on our team because you invited us out. I think we've done two different staff advances with you that you designed. Um, yeah. And you really taught us about culture, how to talk about it, how to create, how to message it. And um, you, you're too humble to admit it, but we're one of the folks that you had a dramatic impact on through your ministry. And we're super grateful for it. I think that was like six, seven years ago or whatever when we met, but we've really profited from it. Man, those were some fun times. Tell us a little bit about, I appreciate those kind words. Tell us a little bit about what a staff advance is. You know, like I hear you say that and I got to be a part of it, but maybe our listeners don't even know how to wrap their mind around it. What, what is involved in that? 
Yeah, so we ripped this term off, staff advance, rather than staff retreat, we want to advance, not retreat. We ripped it off from yeah. somebody. I don't think that's original to us. But um, I love it. What, what we love about it is there's both a learning component, but there's also a significant relational component. So we just finished one probably three weeks ago, and we went away to a giant Airbnb house. And the point is that the team comes together and kind of hangs out for a couple of days, but there's also some kind of content that we're digesting that's different than what we would normally do at church. So we're, we're learning yeah. something or we're trying to figure out a problem like culture uh, mm-hmm. that you've done with us a couple of times. So it's just, it's outside your normal context where you get to grow as a team and then grow an understanding about something. Yeah, that's true. And, and that probably leads us into what I wanted to talk about with you today is the fierce code, and which is some of the stuff that we worked on in some of our other staff advances. But maybe tell us a little bit about what the fierce code is and you know why that matters to you guys as a church. Yeah, so this is just our language of stating, hey, here's how we do it here. Wherever other churches you've been at, those are wonderful, but there's a particular way, there's a there's a certain code of conduct that we're trying to protect. This informs, hey, this is what we'll take a bullet for. This is what needs to win if there's ever a conflict of values. Yeah. So with some, it exalts how you want your people to think about a certain thing. So one of them is, we'll severely inconvenience ourselves to help people find their way back to God. We yeah. say that all the time. We say it everywhere so that everyone always understands, hey, man, if you're making church about you, you're doing it wrong. We need to keep yeah. this about lost people. Hmm. For each code, there's probably something um, that we're, we're trying to save the day from. So in other words, the reason we have to say this is because there's a potential you'll go the wrong way. And so mm-hmm. we have to keep these before people. So there's one, the rest that are smart and strong. And what yeah. we mean by that is it's super normal in ministry to burn out because you're working so hard and to forget that it's about abiding. And yes, Jesus wants us to work with excellence, but we've also got to refill. And actually, mm-hmm. we can't even hear from him after a while if we never stop. And so we just draw a line in the sand and say, hey, listen, you're smarter, you're stronger for the organization if you make sure you're rested. And we mm-hmm. say that all the time just to get people that almost rolls off the tongue. So when they're in that moment of like, should I keep going or should I rest? They know, yeah. oh, dude, this is something we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's so good. I think it started with with a lot of these. It started kind of aspirational, you know what I'm saying? So we're a 10-year-old church plant. And in the beginning, I don't think most church plants even know what they're doing or what they are or like what is their actual personality? I don't know. So we picked some of like, well, here's who we want to be. But then after a few years, you got to clarify those and, and say, is that true? Are we actually that? So in other words, I think I would encourage everybody, if if you're just getting into the culture conversation, you don't really want it to remain aspirational. At some point, it has to be, everyone would say, yes, that's true of yeah. us. That's convincing. And so that's how it's, we've probably got even more that we'll do over the next few years. We'll refine stuff. We'll hone stuff. Yeah. But then again, we're always messaging it from the pulpit. We're putting it in, in service. We're putting it out through loops, through our volunteer meeting in the morning before church. We call it the boom. We're talking about it a lot. So we just try to keep it for the people and say, this is what it means to be at Fierce. Yeah. Yeah, those are the, I remember way back in the day when we started to do this and you kind of presented some of these things, went through a series of exercises. We did a bunch of different things to try to help us clarify whether they were aspirational or actual, right? And so do you re- recall some of the things that we did or was there anything during some of those staff advances that you enjoyed that stood out to you? You know, I can remember a couple of different things, Chris. I remember one exercise that you were leading, like you brought, broke us up into groups and then you kept trying to get us to clarify like the heart and soul behind everything it means to be us, but not in a weird way, not in like a self-exalting way of just like, hey man, let's just pull it apart and what ends up being true no matter what, what can you eventually not take away anything else from? 
Yeah. That's really the, the name Fierce bubbled to the top. And that was actually before we renamed the church Fierce. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, you also made us, and this was, this was different. It's probably different now. But at the time, yeah. we hadn't really done a lot with forcing ourselves to do video. And so you yeah. made us like write these little scripts and do these little uh, code videos that would clarify for people. And obviously, you have to clarify it for yourself to clarify it for anybody else. Um, yeah. Now, I think we're much more like uh, insistent that videos have to happen. But at the time, that was super uncomfortable. And so making us do all those things really helped move that forward, I think. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Our, our, we call those things test drive assignments. So there's different components of a test drive assignment that I remember us working through. We were digesting ideas, we were dissecting ideas, and we were delivering those ideas into our life. And man, they they shaped me, man. I, I think about the code all the time. Man, that was a lot of fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed being able to wrestle with those ideas with you. And uh, man, it made me a better person. Each week, we ask our guests to share a leadership tip. And I was hoping that you could share a leadership tip with us that you think would be critical for us as leaders to implement in our day-to-day and why that's important. Yeah, brother, I would love to. So one of the things that we've been kind of walking through over the past few years is how do we avoid spending a lot of time and money on initiatives that sound kind of good, but ultimately turn into a dead end or they discourage us on our people, leave us frustrated. In other words, how do we make decisions about when to innovate and, and buy into a creative idea? Let's say somebody brings a creative idea or somebody has a creative idea. When do you really you know, work on that? And when do you be like, hey, you know what? I don't think this is going to go where, where we thought it was going to go or we're not as good at this as we thought we could be and yeah. let it go. So for us, when we first started 10 years ago, you know, dude, there's like not a ton of people. You can turn on a dime. You can make a decision this weekend and pull it off by next weekend. Sure. Um, now that doesn't mean it, it goes well, <laughs> but you could do it. So yeah. we could pull off a trunk or treat in three weeks, you know, if we needed to. And, but sometimes, you know, that would hype things up, but the product was not necessarily well thought through, or you'd have yeah. another entire like ministry you try to start and then it falls flat um, three months in. And then you're like, well, let's pretend that didn't happen or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if if you're going to experiment, that kind of thing is going to happen. And what can happen is you ultimately waste a lot of time and money. You can create Mm -hmm. nervousness among your leadership because they're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to try next? And is it really going to work? And we've also found the fact that you didn't take the time to roll it out slow means you didn't get enough angles. You didn't, you didn't see it from enough perspectives for this thing Mm -hmm. to work well. So we'd make a decision and we, even with an entire process, we're going to roll this out by the middle of the month. And we just found that that ultimately it was exciting because you could do it, but it hurt you because it really wasn't, it didn't help your culture and it didn't produce a great product. Now at the end of that, you spent a lot of time and money and you have multiple programs that half work and people are, they're not necessarily bought in. And so we wanted to come up with a process and we call it the building blocks for better decisions on what to actually do. It's kind of a long title, but that's just how yeah. we think about it. Yeah. It's made of these key ideas. And, and most of your listeners will recognize these from like Jim Collins books, Built to Last, Good to Great, Great by Choice. We're using his language. I really believe he just discovered things the Bible already said, but you know, he, he gives a framework how to use that in an organization. And so where we start is with his principle in Built to Last, try a lot of stuff and keep what works. And of course, Solomon already said this in Ecclesiastes 11.6, keep on sowing your seed for you never know which one will grow. Perhaps it all will. And so this idea is the value of being able to experiment with multiple maybes to see which one might work. And what's great about this is you're not necessarily committing to long-term to anything. 
in case yeah. it doesn't work, you can just, you can be like, Hey man, that's just how we do it. We, we try stuff and then we walk away. It also can occasionally tap something really deep that God really wants to use. Like, Oh my gosh, that was just God. We were just, we were guessing and it ended up being God. It may ignite some passions in, in certain gifts that you didn't know were there. It may open up avenues for relational doors that you didn't know you were going to run into or need. So we, we've had a couple versions of this. So we went and visited on a staff advance. I'm sure we, were, we spent some time with you, Chris. We went and visited New Spring years ago, and we ran yeah. into their prayer and prayer ministry. And we were so mm-hmm. captivated by that. We're like, well, hey, let's just go try it. So we went home, and this doesn't work with a lot of things. You know, you try to transplant something that doesn't work quite the same way. But this one really did work. Yeah, We tried um, these different things called summer suppers with our small groups. We tried, ultimately, years ago, we tried something that turned into our sword girl conferences, which is one of the things that is actually... God has really, you know, blessed over time. But that was just from a, hey man, let's just find out if this could possibly, let's, let's try it and see if it works. Yeah. So really quick, Mark, is that the first building block is just try something, move? I think it's the cultural value of you get to try stuff. In yeah. other words, you don't have to. And, and so, you know, like one of the things I would recommend if someone wanted to, you know, a little bit explore this is you got to give your top people the freedom to imagine and experiment and not micromanage their creativity. So there's mm-hmm. a certain amount of, it's just okay to try stuff. Yeah. You know, as long as we can afford it and it, you know, it's, it's not going to jack up too much. You just have, it's like the cultural value of permission mm-hmm. versus everything has to kind of funnel through one key person or something like that. That's, so that's good. Okay, that's good. Some of the dangers of it is you may, it's true, you might spend a lot of time and money on something that was a dud you might wear your people out if you don't have some limits on what you'll try, which is why there's more steps to this. Yeah. So that would be building block number one. Then you go on to big, hairy, audacious goals. Again, this is from built to last. And just to clarify, if people aren't familiar with that, sometimes you hear it called BHAGs. Uh, But what that is, is it's a slightly daunting challenge that catalyzes the energies of the team or the church or the organization. And of course, uh, it's, it's about believing big, right? So in church world, it's like, hey, man, God can do infinitely more than all we could ever dare ask to hope for, you know, Ephesians mm-hmm. 3.20. But it's just the idea of like, hey, man, let's get together and dream. So for mm-hmm. us on, on the team, that just looks like there's regular times on the team where we say, hey, man, what could God do? You know, if we just, if we took off all the, the restraints, what could you imagine God doing through us? So it might be like, well, you know, we might, if we started this digital campus or if we moved from this kind of do way we, we're doing worship behind the scenes to click tracks, it might be something like we could do this with a capital campaign or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's powerful about it is it can create momentum, a lot of unity, and, and people just have a sense of we're dreaming together. Then again, you have to have some questions after a while. So first it's like, hey man, that's wow, that's awesome. We're all excited about that. And then you begin to ask the questions. Then you start to ask questions like, is this something that makes sense given our history? Because you can dream up stuff that would be dumb for you to do. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, ask questions like, is this us? Do we really have any genuine sense that God wants us to do this here? And that doesn't take away from try a bunch of stuff and see what works. Because just because you don't know that God wants to bless it doesn't mean he doesn't. Um, yeah. It just means there's a little bit of carefulness to, we're not just going to try anything if that's very foreign to who we've been. Yeah. That's right. Good. So an example for us would be, hey man, um, you guys should start having a. There's a lot of great VBSs in our in our community. Mm-hmm. You guys should start having one too. Well, honestly, we have no history with that, that has worked very well. There's a lot yeah. of great folks all, already in the area, so that might be one that we put on the back burner of like, I don't know that that's the best thing for us to give our energies to versus mm-hmm. something we've already had some success with. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. So so tr- so trying stuff, creating goals. That's kind of the second idea. 
am I correct? Is that it's kind of but creating really like audacious goals and dreaming together exactly. as a team. Audacious and kind of everybody gets to participate. Yeah, that's right? good. So so I'm the lead visionary at my church, but I'm not the only one who gets to play that game. Like everybody gets to add to it because why? Because they're all really smart people and way more creative than I am and God speaks through them. So why don't we just have everybody at the table? Yeah, that's good. So that's how we roll there. Chris, then you add the third building block, which is bullets before cannibals. Again, this is from Jim Collins, great by choice, but a scriptural, you know, idea here is Proverbs 19, two desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses the way. And so I've just really done this wrong a lot Mm -hmm. where we were excited about something Let's just jump to it. Let's get into it. And instead, we have to apply these two ideas, the bullet and the cannonball. Mm. Okay, now you've had time. You have permission to dream. You guys got together to dream, and you decided, hey, man, maybe this, maybe that. But then at some point, you have to fire a bullet. A bullet is a low-risk, low-cost, low-distraction experiment that provides helpful data about what actually works. So instead of doing the big thing, you do the little version. A cannonball is is the big version. It is the higher cost, higher time that you go all in on because now you know oh, this is actually going to work. We're going to blow a hole in the side of this thing. We're going to fire 10 cannonballs because this is now calibrated. It's aimed right. We know why it works. We know that it will work. And so now we can just put power behind it. It's mm, good. An example for us, bro, was, and this was years ago now, but we started this little women's retreat slash conference. You know, just it honestly, it wasn't very big. Girls just got to go away and be girly. And, and, and study God's word together. And yeah. over time, that began to gain momentum. And each time we were just firing bullets. Hey, this is the little version. And then we tweak yeah. it a little bit. And then, then you evaluate and then you ask better questions. And then you tweak it again. And, and every year you're firing these bullets until finally, we didn't even have a building when we started doing this. And yeah. then when we finally got a building was when we were like, all right, man, I feel like we know enough about what we're doing. So let's fire a cannonball. And we did. And that is now our sword girl conference. Mm-hmm. And it, but it was rightly aimed. We knew some of the conversations that we needed to, uh, it, they were going to be more difficult. We knew who should be on the team and who shouldn't. But that was all because we had plenty of time to do the bullet version before we did the cannonballs. That's good. Uh, I'll tell you a horror story because yes, that's a good success story. But <laughs> a- <laughs> yeah, tell me a horror. How's this not played out well? Because I've got plenty of them, but I'd rather you share yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So years ago, we decided, hey man, we want to go multi-site. Okay. And our, we, we didn't have the right questions though. Our question was really, could we possibly do this rather than should we do this? And so after a few years, or sorry, not even years, after like nine months, we had to go ahead and un-multi-site. And the reason was because we hadn't fired any bullets. In mm-hmm. other words, we had a satellite campus that was very well planned, but we had not actually done it in a small version. What we should have mm-hmm. done was say, hey man, let's just do this monthly and see how it goes. See if it grows, yeah. see if it gets bigger. What we didn't understand was because even though we could pull it off, our volunteer culture was not strong enough to make it last. And yeah. so there's a perfect example of, dude, you fired the cannonball. You should have fired a bullet first. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. There's another church, and this is even worse. There's a church that we have connection with who back in the day, they started a, this ginormous capital campaign because they were like, this is going to help us grow. We're going to build all this stuff, you know, add on to the building. And it's going to be really expensive, but it's going to help the church grow. The problem is they had no bullet version of that. So everything was really dependent on that working and it didn't Mm. work. They fired this ginormous cannonball and then they're slowly slipping into bankruptcy because they did that. So that's just an example of 
This isn't even just little things. This is big things. You better know that you know that you know these bullets will work before you try the cannibal. I'm not saying that you don't have risks, but I'm just saying sure, sure. why not take a risk after you've already fired some small bullets that don't take a lot of gunpowder and doesn't matter if you miss. Yeah. Wow. So good. So these three blocks, you've got the try stuff, which is kind of get ready to try things. You've got the the create audacious goals with a group of people to collaborate together. So you're aiming at that point. And then you're taking low cost, low risk bullets, shooting bullets instead of cannonballs. So at this point you're firing, but you're not firing the big cannons. You're just trying something small just to see where that is. That's so good. Is there a fourth building block or is, is that just, you just keep repeating those three over and over again? You keep repeating those three, but you have to introduce the questions into the bullet. So it's not just, can you pull it off? But the bullets are going to give you information. So you're asking questions like, what didn't we expect that turned out being true? Because there's difference than what is on paper and what actually happens. Who did this impact that we didn't anticipate? So we launched a, we were were updating our our church management software. And we had this entire rollout process that took a long time. We were really proud of like, hey man, yeah, we didn't just fire a cannonball right away. But what ended up happening was we severely impacted an entire ministry team that Mm -hmm. we didn't know that this was going to affect them in that way. In fact, we didn't even know they used the church management software the way that they did. Wow. This is an example of, man, we found that out a little bit too late. And so now we've just learned, asked the question, who does this impact that we didn't know it impacted? Or what problems did we find that we didn't know that was going to be there? Mm. If that makes sense. So you have to look at all stuff because that's where the learning is. It's not just do it in small versions and then do it in big versions. Mm. Does that make sense? So good. Yeah. So you got to have the right, you got to ask some questions after the, after the building block three um, to help you recalibrate and get back to starting again at building block one, two, and three again. You do. And there has to be some patience in building block three because you want to fire bullet version one and then you fire bullet version two and you might want to fire even bullet version three before you fire that cannonball so that there's your innovation continues to grow before it's really high, you know, it's higher stakes, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, that is so good. That's so good. I love these. They're very practical. And I think probably where I can grow the most is probably bullet three. I love cannonballs. um, (laughs) And uh, I've learned by trial and error too, that sometimes I don't need to go all out. You know, I can give my whole life away to something. And before I know it, I'm like, wait a second, that did, I didn't need to exert so much energy towards that. So that's good. I like that. Well, my friends, thanks for listening. Special thanks to Chris Rivers. Go ahead and check out his podcast, Culture Bus Tools, on your favorite podcast listening app. So we're giving away a Google Home Mini to the first three people to leave a review of the Bible Leadership Podcast on the iTunes Store. So if you were going to leave a review anyway, now is your chance to get a free Google Home Mini thrown in. Don't forget, of course, to like and share this content. Have you checked out the Bible Leadership Store lately at BibleLeadership.com? I just got myself some brand new swag and you might want to grab a t-shirt or hoodie or sticker or notebook. And don't forget, if you believe in the Bible Leadership Podcast, you can support us for as low as $3 a month by going to patreon.com slash Bible Leadership. Big thank you to the patrons of the BLP. We couldn't do this without you. I appreciate your investment in the kingdom of Jesus and in leaders for Jesus. Now, here's your final leadership tip. You don't need to be more gifted than you are. All we really need is to ask Jesus to send the gifts he wants us to have 
for this season. Maybe that'll be in us. Maybe it'll be in others around us. Don't let lack of what you perceive to be the right gifts keep you from stepping out and trying what you believe God wants you to do. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus calls together his disciples, and the scripture says he just gives them power and authority over demons. Now, that's a gift that he gives them. They didn't have it before. They didn't even know they needed it. Jesus knew they needed it, and he just gives it to them. It wasn't that he even had to, like, uh, level them up. No, they didn't have anything like it, and he gave them that gift. That's what we sometimes need to ask Jesus to do for us. You don't have all the gifts. The good news is that you don't need all the gifts. You don't need them personally, and you don't need them on your team. We as leaders need to ask the Lord for the right gifts that we need. Sometimes they don't even come until a little later, but God's timing is always perfect. There are things you need to do, but you can't do them alone. Stay dependent on the Lord. Ask for the gifts and favor and opportunities that you need and step out in faith as he leads. We'll see you next time. Lead strong today.